0: The universe has many horrors yet to throw at us. This is not the end of our struggle. This is just the beginning of our crusade to save humanity.
1: In the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there is only war, there is only dice and pipes.
0: Welcome back to the Dyson Pipes Warhammer Edition, a podcast where Brian and I talk about whiskey, tobacco, and of course in today's session, Warhammer. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Dyson Pipes. What's going on, Brian?
1: Not much, enjoying this Jefferson's.
0: Like I said in the previous one, this is definitely becoming like one of my favorite whiskeys.
1: It may survive until the 41st millennium.
0: Do you think they will know who Thomas Jefferson was? Do you think they still get those history lessons in the 41st millennium? Because that's only, what, like 2,000 years from now?
1: Two, four, (laughs) six, yeah, pretty
0: close. Close, We're almost there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's like uh, when you saw Back to the Future 2, and now we're living in that time. Mind blown. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't have self-tying shoes or hoverboards. They do have hoverboards, though. I don't know about the self-tying.
0: Well, what do you need self-tying shoes for if they had Velcro? Like, that's
1: like overkill. That's true. Yeah, um, fucking Velcro. And the hoverboards don't fly. They're just... No, but they hover. No, they're, they're just boards with two wheels on each side. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't, don't fancy my dream. With ground effects. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, they have ground <laughs> effects.
0: Oh, shit. Do you think you could put, like, two 12s in the back of that with a fucking amp? Oh, start yeah. start
1: blowing out some bass? Yeah, get that uh, get that stereo speaker, uh, stereo faceplate with the dolphins jumping. Yes, yes. you've got to take it off when you go to the mall. Because some fucking unsavory characters will steal it from your car. Yeah, it was like hiding
0: a tablet in your back pockets. Yes. yes. That's how big they were. <laughs> Those were great. I had the cheap little Panasonic ones that you used to get at uh not Radio Shack. But I mean you, you Circuit got, City. Circuit City, yeah. the Whiz. Do you remember the Whiz? Uh nah, we didn't have Whiz up in the mountains. No, no. That was a City thing. Yeah, you City Slickers had a- fucking hell. The Whiz was great. They had a great song. Nobody beats the Whiz. Nobody beats the Wiz. Nobody. Don't fuck with the Whiz.
1: Well, we know what you're drinking. What are you smoking? I have Cerberus. I'm sticking with the Cerberus uh, in my Morgan Bones, uh, but I'm going to switch up. I think to going to switch up to one Q to my Church Warden uh, shortly here. But for right now, I'm sticking with the Cerberus. I love it. Love the Cerberus all day. Smoke in it, my humble estimation. I like that. The, the Church Warden is definitely an appropriate
0: pipe for Warhammer. I could see a bunch of, like, like inquisitors yeah, walking around just smoking out of a fucking church warden. Like a real...
1: Yeah. Yeah, the only thing is it had to be made out of metal with a skull emblazoned on it somewhere. Yeah, I could see that. How are you?
0: I'd be better if the whiskey wasn't hitting me so hard. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. I... <clears throat>
1: oh... <laughs> Uh, Excuse the, me. The T-virus has gotten Holy out. Holy
0: shit. The H1N1? Uh, is that's, that the bird flu? That's the bird flu, yeah. Yeah. I don't have that. Yeah, I, I'm also drinking the Jeffersons. We've made it down below the stinky finger.
1: We're, we're getting there. The stank <laughs> finger is clear. We're getting we're getting down to the knickers. Yeah, yeah. He's like at the, the bottom end
0: of the ass cheek. Uh, I am smoking um, a little McBaron HH Old Dark Fired. In my Savinelli Mega. I only put one flake in this thing because this is a big fucking bowl. Dude, look at the size of this bowl.
1: Have I ever showed you this? The, yeah, that's a that's a manly.
0: Yeah, this is I think this is a EX size. So they have a straight number. Um like a 614, right? Which is like their uh their bent billiard style. It's like a super bent, like an oompa. Oompa. Oompa Loompa?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's one of those like big fucking tourney pipes. What do you get when you guzzle down sweets <laughs> and eat as much as an elephant eats?
0: <laughs> um, so with Savinelli's, you, if if you take a look at a pipe where it just has like a standard, like just a regular number with no suffix at the end, it's usually a smaller kind of bowl. And then they have the KS, which is a little bit bigger. And then they have these, which are the EX. And this fucking thing, you could pack this thing and smoke for days. Well, that was interesting it's like you have a flaming cocktail
1: give it a try
0: yeah yeah I like that get the real smokiness of the Cerberus
1: too drunk I can't tell oh, whatever
0: there's nothing wrong with smoking mythological beasts no
1: you know no, they're guarding the gates to Hades
0: one of the greatest animals ever created yes wish I went as a pet
1: next to a Clydesdale or so that's that son of a bitch
0: so bourbon, we're obviously on the bourbon kick today with the little Jeffersons. You've got your English. I've got my burley, We've got our pipes. And the topic for today, ooh we're going to talk to you. Not you, Brian, but you, the listener, the whiskey dicks out there. We're going to be covering the rules and what have you of Wrath and Glory, a new game. Yes. In the 41st millennia of Warhammer. Warhammer is such an interesting place. It, it really just... How do you
1: know what the fuck happens in the 41st millennium? If one is to believe the hype, the only thing you need to know about the 41st millennium is there is only war. That's all I need. So they, uh, they're nice by saying that the the lore may or may not be true because there is <laughs> there is a healthy dose of lore.
0: Well, that gives two cunts like us who have never played this game before an easy way to get into the game, being that you don't have to be so lore-specific in right. order to play, which I think helps, again, people like us who are new or people just coming back or role-playing who have been role-playing for quite some time but want to get into Warhammer role-playing.
1: Yeah, and I would say the lore is probably the number one thing that scares people away. It's it's intimidating. Yeah. It- I mean, the, the Imperium of Man has... I'm not gonna double check I'm not gonna fact check it but in my mind I feel like there's about six one hour long videos just on the Imperium of
0: Man yeah that's fucking crazy
1: Uh, and it doesn't help that they have to throw in these fake Latin terms the Astartum Militarum and the fucking
0: what's wrong with that? after watching some of those videos you're ready to go right into medical school (laughs) that's true you're covered that's true so but before we get to that uh huh we must toast. Oh. <clears throat> yes. So raise your glass. Yes, it's Both raised. Brian and I, along with our fellow listeners out there. And here's a toast. To those who say it's 5 o'clock somewhere. I fucking despise those people. What? What's with the huff? I don't well, like I mean, it's it, 5 o'clock somewhere. Dude, I'm a fucking, I'm a grown man. Okay. If I want to drink at 8 in the morning or 10 like we did today, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't fucking judge me. That doesn't make me an alcoholic.
1: No, no. When you drink to the point where you black out, that's probably what makes you an alcoholic.
0: Well, I think what makes you an alcoholic is you drink to the point where you black out, and the next day you rinse and fucking repeat. Right, and now you hide you're an your alcoholic. and you hide your whiskey in the toilet tank.
1: <laughs> that's what makes you an alcoholic. Yeah, that would be a problem. Uh, when you live on the street and you try to bite random people walking by while begging for money, that probably makes you an alcoholic. Um, yeah, yeah. five o'clock somewhere. It's just it's a fun thing though, isn't it? Not for me. Hey, come no. on. It's five o'clock somewhere. No, Let's it's crack a fucking,
0: it. it's a sad excuse. Why not say it's it's always a good time to drink? Why do I have to sing? why do I have to think in my head that I can only drink at five o'clock? Why is drinking only in the. Who evening made thing? five o'clock the rule. That's what I'm talking about. Why?
1: Why not six? Why not three? Eight? Why not sometime in the AM? Yeah, there's there's plenty of times where it could be perceived as okay drinking time
0: let me ask you this you wake up you're not feeling well uh-huh don't you think it's appropriate to maybe you know make yourself a little bit like a tea yes and incorporate that into some whiskey make
1: yourself a nice little hot toddy i mean i'll, I'll drink a hot toddy fucking right now That that's what you i'm know, saying uh, does it
0: have to be five o'clock for you to enjoy a hot toddy no no Fuck it those people yeah because it's not even like bars open at five
1: I could see if bars open no, at 5 No, the bars o'clock. we go to open at eight a.m. <laughs> the wing place opens at eleven. What do you think? Chicken wings at eleven o'clock in the morning. And beer us. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, that that may be a product of us working overnight. Um, like our eight in the morning is everyone else's five o'clock in the afternoon. So it really is five o'clock somewhere. You better fucking stop
0: it. <laughs> because it's not five o'clock, it's fucking eight in the morning.
1: That's true. That's true. I just don't understand why it has to have
0: like this time
1: constraint put on it. Are we sure? Like, if we were to pop a drink right now, I'm going to pull up the world clock. Is it really five o'clock somewhere? It's it's twelve after. I better find. I'm going to go to the world clock. I better find a place where it's five o'clock. Uh, how do I how do I do that? Uh, let's check. Uh, Turkey. Son of a bitch. It's 9 o'clock. Too PM. far. You went
0: too far. Those people in Turkey are already fucking wasted if they started drinking at 5.
1: Uh, let's try... Try like Portugal. What's Portugal? Portugal. Let me go to the P's for Portugal. Uh... I can't find Portugal, but I found... In North Korea. Uh, that's going to be way too far. 3 in the morning. Too late. What about Yemen? That's going to be too late. Australia? Try Aussie. Uh... Paraguay? Paraguay. Aha! It's 3.15 p.m. in Paraguay. We're getting there. Try Iceland. Iceland. See, it goes by cities. That's very annoying. Do we know any cities in Iceland? Is Iceland close to Indonesia? Well, nope. In Indonesia, it's three in the morning. It is definitely not five in the afternoon. India. India, it's 1144 p.m.
0: Yeah, you're going too far. You almost have to go to, like, the uh, the east coast of South America.
1: Okay. Uh... Sri Lanka? Is that is that on the east coast of Mexico? <laughs> Let's try Sri Lanka.
0: Shit, this topic has gone out of control.
1: <laughs> I'm not
0: stopping until I find... I'm going to find someplace that it's 5 o'clock right now.
1: What about the Ivory Coast? Where's that?
0: I don't, I don't think that's going to... Oh!
1: You found it? It's 6.14pm. Where? In oh, Yamosurokuro. In the Ivory Coast. I think that counts. Hold on. There is a website. Okay.
0: And the website is called... It's 5o'clock somewhere.com. Where is it 5pm right now (laughs) dot (laughs) com. The Azores Islands. Now say cheers in a new language. Portuguese.
1: Saúde. Hey, if a Portuguese person is by himself, does that make him a Portuguese?
0: fucking. You should drink. That's
1: fuck's sake, man. You're amateur.
0: (laughs) Oh, Uh, oh, yes, yes. Hold on. Cheers. We'll stick around. Hopefully, we won't be too wasted by the end of this episode, (laughs) and uh, we'll come. We'll come. We'll be right back with the with today's topic.
1: The following gameplay is brought to you by Paladin Coffee. Enjoy a delicious cup of amazing coffee and get you through your day. Find them at PaladinCoffee.com Warning. The following gameplay
0: includes scenes of extreme violence and gore. Listener discretion is advised.
1: It's the 41st millennium in the Dark Imperium. Deep in the ghoul star's sectorum is the Centaurus Nebula. The Nebula is home to many planets, the most unremarkable of which is Sabatania. It's a sewage planet. It's fortunate enough to have a hive city, but most of the people who live on the planet often joke that if the light of the Astronomican were to reach into the Dark Imperium, it would intentionally avoid this planet. Swamps, bogs, mires, quagmires, muck, grime, grease. These are the flora and fauna of the planet. Outside the Hive City are several scum bogs and trash spills. Connecting them is a network of maglev trains connecting stacks and other assorted cities. Underneath the cities are a multitude of people. Most of them are dirty, unremarkable in every way. The people are trying to get by most of which are human. On some level, they swear allegiance to the Imperium. On most other levels, they just swear allegiance to themselves. It's a pretty cutthroat place. Technology isn't as forward as most people would think it is. Uh, light torches pretty much light everything. You're not going to find the the leisures of a more refined society here, but the planet does serve a purpose, and that is as the sectorum's largest landfill. Between the Hab Blocks and Hab Towers, and various trash spills, there's one scumbag in particular where Bannon Spayburn works. A disgruntled person, and like most people his age, has dreams of going out into the stars, exploring the Warp, and doing his part. Not very happy with his station in life, especially because this, this planet is currently embroiled in a drug war. Uh, various factions vying for control over the hottest new drug. Known simply as Wizard, as far as most people know. Uh, it's an injectable stim that gives a euphoric effect. Uh, helping people kind of cope with the slimy and filthy life that they find themselves in. And one of the particularly larger scumbogs is Bannon. Uh, what does he look like?
0: So Bannon... Is gonna be approximately five foot nine, 180 pounds. He has cold blue eyes, dirty blonde hair. As you can imagine, as anyone who would work on this sewer planet, dealing with just shoveling shit all day, he just comes off as another typical dirty citizen who works a nine to five. His hands, you could see, are are worn. From the work that he puts in, the hours that he spends, his face is grizzled, scars that by looking at him, you would think he had a rough life, which again would be typical for anybody on the planet, grew up fighting in the streets. You know, this isn't some high society culture that he's a participant in. Bannon is 27, unmarried, but loyal to his beliefs. What are his beliefs? Well, he believes that he's destined for greater things. He doesn't feel as though his life should be spent, you know, in a hive world that's known for being the largest landfill in this part of the galaxy. He's grown up with the fascination of the Inquisition. He appreciates how they operate independent from any other governing body. Only answerable to the Emperor. What is his opinion on mutants? Adamantly opposed. Drugs? Adamantly opposed. To the point where not only is it a lack... Not only does Bannon have a lack of respect for those who get involved in that way of life... Because he doesn't believe that crutches are necessary to get through their existence on a shitty planet like he still holds out hope even though his life has been miserable but he still holds out hope that there is something greater and bigger out there that if you hold on to that if you work for it that you know one day anybody should be able to make a name for themselves whether it's you know hooking up with a with a road trader or you know, dedicating your life to the Emperor. He thinks that there is, there is absolutely a way off of this hellhole. And he's determined to be part of that.
1: While you're knee-deep in shit and doing what you can to work in the Purification Sanctorum, you look up at the Chrono and you see it's just about quitting time. The guy that you've been working with for several years approaches you. He goes by the name... Calvin Douglas. Calvin kind of staggers towards you. His clothes are more disheveled than usual. Give me an awareness test. Will do. Test? Awareness test. Uh, Difficulty is two. Negative. I have one icon. Okay. Okay. So uh, he staggers up to you as he normally does around this time and uh, places an unwelcomed arm over your shoulders. Yeah, I shrug him off. Uh, Hey, bad man. We're going to go over to the Habstack later, over in my quadrant. We're going to go have a little party. You
0: interested? Calvin, have I ever hung out with you or your people after work? Uh, Let me answer that question. The answer is no. It, today is not the day for it to start.
1: I'm, I'm going to keep asking till you say yes. And I'm going to keep telling you no. Luckily, you have another appointment that you have to make after work today. Uh, begrudgingly, you're going to go visit a man in your stack known as Wilmar Sulzer. Now, you're not exactly sure what Wilmar is all about. Uh you're fairly certain he's he's involved in less savory trades than yourself. Uh, but he is willing to give you what you think might be your meal ticket out of here. He's got a cache of weapons that he's willing to trade you in exchange for knocking off a drug dealer. You're not exactly sure about the particulars yet. Um, but I would wager that you have possibly murdered people in your past that you may have deemed unworthy for various reasons. Uh, I can picture your character maybe coming into contact with a mutant, maybe a weaker mutant, something that's a, an assault on your senses, and you may not be opposed to giving him a little jab in the back with uh, with an ice pick or something of that nature mm-hmm. and just letting him die quiet in an alleyway. I could see that maybe you've decided that if you can't join the Inquisition through normal means because there's really no way off of this sludgy rock that you'll bring the Inquisition here and you'll carry out what you feel is your own style of justice.
0: By any means necessary. So Bannon... He would look at it in the far reaches of the Dark Imperium, where I'm guessing this this planet, um, where this planet is, where he lives.
1: It's it's pretty much as far galactic north as you can get.
0: Okay. So the Imperial reach almost seems to be non-existent to the point where it, it, matters are taken. You know, you take matters in your own hands and deal with the consequences should they ever arise so in order to you know i guess latch on to his hope and dream of joining the inquisition that something big needs to happen here epic
1: and that's why you're going after this drug dealer because in a world such as this drugs are not uncommon unauthorized stims are not uncommon right spiked recaff things like that are not uncommon this drug, however, you keep hearing it everywhere you go. This wizard. This drug known as Wizard. And it's making an impact. What you do know is that it's not from this planet. So it's being brought in off-world. Right. You're not sure where. You have no idea. Are there obvious signs as to when somebody is is under the influence of this drug? It's very much like a ecstasy kind of a drug. Um, it got its name Wizard because people would run around and they'd be looking at their hands in front of their face and waving them around and see strange images uh, from hallucinations. And really, it's it's very simple to overdose. Uh, the correct dosage for a person depends on a lot of factors. It depends on blood pressure. It depends on weight, overall health. Uh, so people are dying very quickly from this. But it's also fairly largely believed that this drug opens up a section of your mind that was not meant to be opened. And lots of people whisper that it opens up your mind to the darker sides of the warp. Um, That's never been proven. There's never been any kind of cases of a demonic incursion or possession or anything even close to that. Right. But people feel that when you start exposing your mind to these kinds of things, it weakens your your mental barriers and it can allow demons from the warp in and that's why it's gotten such notoriety and again a lot of this might be speculation it might be rumors hearsay but that's kind of the general belief of this drug it's also extraordinarily cheap mm-hmm. its contents are unknown uh what actually is inside the drug to make it
0: as is the origin
1: right At least to me. You just know that at least on this world, and having not a lot of communication with outside planets, at least in this world, especially in this sector of the planet, uh, it's a a big problem. So uh, you finish up work for the day. You head over to your rune board. You type in your information and sign out for the day. And you go ahead and climb onto the maglev train. And you take it toward your hab block, while you're on the train, uh, there is one other person. All right. Give me... Uh, now, investigate. That's a skill, correct? Investigate. Investigation is a skill. Okay. So that would be investigation plus the attribute of awareness.
0: Uh, no, no, no. Uh, intellect. Intellect.
1: Okay. Uh, so give me uh, an investigate test. There's one other person on this train with you. Uh, difficulty of two. Zero. No icons. So you notice that this this person is just leaning up against the the side of the rail I'm off to a
0: good start, by the way.
1: (laughs) Let's get him out ahead. Yeah, get him out early. Uh, He's leaning up against the rail car, completely asleep. Uh, Old, tattered clothing, very dirty. Amongst the muck and the grime and the sewage, you can still smell this guy.
0: And it's only the two of us on this rail
1: car? Yeah. Okay. Uh, The rail car proceeds to your block, and you exit the train. Would you like to go visit your friend Wilmar?
0: That is um, the only appointment I have for the day, right? Like, I really have. Yep. So I'm going to make my way over to Wilmar's.
1: All right. Uh, So you make it to Wilmar's flat, and uh, you give a little knock on the door and a little little window slides open on the top of the door you see two little beady eyes obviously human uh staring back at you
0: what i recognize them as wilmore's eyes
1: yes yeah so he recognizes you you hear a series of locks unlatching and the door cracks open just wide enough for you to kind of squeeze your body in uh inside the place it's a slum is is putting it nicely um piles of dirty clothes mold growing on the walls a real musty like grandmother's basement smell to it mildew growing on the corners of the walls cobwebs everywhere and there's a large box sitting uh in the living area uh in front of a large couch that's only got three legs on it and it's uh, old upholstery that's kind of covered in dust and Wilmar kind of nervously scratching at his face uh all right, Bannon. This is uh, this is it. Um, everything you need is in there. I take it he's referencing the box. Yes.
0: Okay. So I, w- I walk over to the box. And again, this the the purpose of this is. I'm gaining the items in this box in order to carry out this mission, which is to eliminate this drug dealer. Okay. So I walk over to the box. I open up the
1: box. All right. Um, inside the box is your starting war gear, okay. which is? A bolt gun
0: with man stopper rounds. A knife. Flak armor. Um, and I guess we can leave it at that, because the other stuff I'll end up getting along the way. Okay. I do want to state that... Again, if we kind of separate outside of the role-playing part of the campaign. As far as, like, character creation, um, I guess along with this archetype, you get one trinket, and then for additional build points that you have left over at the end, uh, you could spend them on, on additional trinkets. So my starting trinket, and I think it's nice to say being that, that Bannon works in sewage and basically a landfill. These are items that he came across while there. Just memorabilia that he thought was fascinating. So he pocketed. So one of them happens to be a, a data slate containing fragment fragmentary maps of an ancient vessel lost in the warp. And the other one, which he loves to play with, and it's something that I think he would have been using when he was on the uh, the car getting home, is a five-minute sand timer filled with the ruddy sand of Mars. And that one has always caught his eye because he's always wondered what it's like to be off of the planet you know it's just that deep red fine sand um, that he would only be familiar with maybe by seeing uh, images of it on his own personal data slate
1: what was on that data slate again uh,
0: the data slate contains fragmentary maps of an ancient vessel that was once lost in the warp.
1: All right. <clears throat> so,
0: so I don't think Bannon has OCD. Maybe to a slight degree, but anytime there is downtime whether he's talking amongst friends or working a business deal, he's always got this this sand timer out and he's always using it.
1: I picture it almost like the size of maybe like a shot glass connected to some kind of string. Right, something small, a and little little trinket.
0: Yeah, and he's know. always just
1: kind of fidgeting with it, turning it one way. Yeah. And then he'll at some point he'll notice that it's run out and he'll flip it over again. Okay.
0: Bannon is very impatient and he uses that to help him. Okay. Uh,
1: so I grab the items out of the box. So upon inspecting them, they look like they're brand new. Uh You already are smart enough not to ask where they came from because you'd rather not know. Yeah. Plausible deniability. And Wilmar hands you uh, a data slate. Uh, All right. So we're looking for a guy who's dealing this wizard stuff. Uh, Now, I don't, I wouldn't ever do that. But this guy, he's he's killing a lot of people. Um, He's not controlling the. the dosages that he's hanging, ha- uh, handing out. While he's talking to you, the pick caster in the room flashes to a news report. Six more people are dead today from overdoses of this wizard. In this sector alone. Yes. And you kind of see that, kind of like you're looking at him and then past him, you see this picked caster on the wall uh, explaining that six more people are dead. So on this data slate is a map of the sector to the west of you, and it shows the image of a chem chem mine. I think he's in here. His name is Slugbelly. That's what he's known as on the street. And he's taken over his whole sector and this whole sector. I need you to find information on people that he's selling to. I need you to find information on other people that are distributing this stuff. And obviously, you know what to do with slug belly. I'm well aware. You do this for me, and that stuff, we'll never talk about it again. You can melt it, you can keep it, you can go on this crazy crusade of yours, whatever you want to do. No strings attached. I would go, but I don't have too many friends outside these four walls.
0: Well, friends are hard to come by in these parts. And I would think this guy is like... One of the only friends I have.
1: Yeah, I would say a, a friend in your terms, right. not normal terms. Uh, somebody that you will talk to. So is Bannon suspicious of this guy at
0: all? or Well, whatever normal suspicions one would have on a hive planet. Um, and to whatever degree you would label somebody a friend in a world such as this.
1: I would say that you guys have known each other for two years. I, I picture he might be like one or two floors up from you or one or two doors down from you, somewhere in your general vicinity where okay. you would have bumped into this guy. So you've known him for two years. Um, you also know that he rarely, if ever, leaves his flat. You've never seen him outside the four walls. And really, this might only be one of a handful of times you've ever been inside of his apartment. Right. So, uh, yeah, t- to a degree, I would consider him a friend. Well, Bannon, uh, if there's nothing else, have at it. Thank you one more. That's it? Yeah, and I- I'll leave his place. All right. Uh, so now you are in your your stack. Um, you can... Go to your place. You can go out on the town. You can go find your friend Calvin and murder him. <laughs> uh, you can do, or we can head to this mine. We can do whatever you want. Well, I'm going to have a drink. Maker's Mark. There you go. So clean.
0: Instead of the knife being in that crate, I want the shot glass. <laughs> That's <laughs> your trinket. It'll do more damage than the fucking knife.
1: Um, I picture that knife more for role playing. Like, uh, you pass somebody on the street that you just don't like. We'll. We could do a stealth test to see if you could sneak up behind him and just murder him with it.
0: Yeah, I could see that
1: being the case.
0: Because really, I mean, as far as this character is concerned, that's it's, it's just not an option in combat. Right. You know? It's not an option at
1: all. Um, as is grenades, as we found out when we play tested your oh character. Oh, my God. What a weak bitch. <laughs> you, you could throw grenades on top of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> just throw them up.
0: <laughs> Got to throw them off of, like, angled walls. Um, You know, I think curiosity might get the better of me. Okay, And if Bannon can recall the name of the place that Calvin had mentioned before he just rudely cut him off, um, I'm going to swing by there. Because as much as he would just want to head west and go straight for the chem mine to hunt this guy out, I mean, maybe he wants to keep an eye on what's going on in, in this bar because, to me, something was not right about Calvin's uh, behavior. And now I'm, suspe- I'm suspecting, suspecting that... Uh, would, I have, uh, would I know, and I would, I would assume the answer is yes, but would I know if, if this wizard drug has become like a big part of the culture of Bannon's job
1: it's become a big part of everything, as far as you can tell. If- so it's like crack in the 80s. Yes. Okay. So okay. Calvin didn't mention where he is, but you do know that the next train, that's the, that's the monorail coming, <laughs> the next sector over, he normally hangs out at the next bone. All right, I'm going to make my way there. So we will say that you have 200 credits on your credit wand, and we are heading toward the next bone. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So it's a, um, as everything else in this planet, it's a dive bar. Uh, It's one of these bars that's underground, the entrance, entryway, I picture like on the sidewalk. And you walk down some stairs, grime and, and mold kind of pouring from the walls. And you walk in and there's about six people in there. And sure enough, there's Calvin. And as you walk in, you see Calvin make his way to the back to go use the little druggies room. I mean, the little bathroom.
0: anything unusual out of the ordinary with no, this place?
1: most of the people in there are smoking low sticks uh the bartender's serving up some uh some dark colored liquid that you can only assume is a only the finest of whiskeys mm. in the place uh there are picked casters on the wall broadcasting news or uh gladiatorial style fights, things of that nature.
0: Okay.
1: How funny would it be if it was the candle flickering
0: that we hear <laughs> <laughs> the mics picking up? Is it safe to say that Bannon owns one Savinelli pipe?
1: I I would think Bannon probably would live in his own house if it were not for his collection of Savinelli pipes. That's what I like to hear.
0: Okay. So he's going to break out a pipe. Why not? Yeah. You know? He's smoking a pipe. Pipes are not going away 40,000 years from now. I think it's more than 40,000. Oh, it's the 41st millennia. Yeah. Never mind. It is way more than 40,000. Yeah. Son of a bitch. My math was way off by zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um.
1: Strike that from the record. Yeah, Savinelli still exists. They're still there. Brought in from Terra, yeah.
0: <laughs> Does Italy still exist on Terra? You know, <laughs> sure, in some form or another. Yeah, of course. The planet is probably back to looking like Pangaea. Yes, you know. Yeah. Um. Okay. So whatever, I'll light up a smoke. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to order a drink. All right. I am curious to know. Well, he just went to the bathroom, and I'm I. I I've been in this place before. Mm -hmm. Bannon has has come to this bar, I would think, a number of times. Because he's not into the drugs, but he is into the drink. Okay. So. Everyone needs something. Everybody needs a a little vice. So I'll cozy up to the bar. I'm going to order myself a drink.
1: All right. So the bartender pours you a thick, viscous-style drink. Good. uh, And slides the glass over to you. And uh, swipes your credit wand. And away we go. The uh, you said that there were a total of six, including Calvin. Yeah, five guys and Calvin.
0: So the other five are they individuals that I recognize from work?
1: No. Okay. So I'm
0: gonna just. I'll stay at the bar. I'm not gonna sit. I'm standing at the bar. I'm just keeping an eye on the restroom. I'm waiting for Calvin to come out.
1: All right. Uh, give me an awareness test with a difficulty of two. You got a Wrath in there, right? Yes. Good. Two icons. Okay. So, as you look around the bar waiting for Calvin, you do notice that these these other patrons must be drunk or otherwise, because everyone is very sing-songy and kind of uh, flopping back and forth and leaning up against the bar. Um... As they speak, they're not really coherent, but they always keep laughing. So you you suspect that either they have drank too much of this horrifying liquid that is in front of you, Mm. uh, or they may be on something else.
0: Okay. Calvin's still in the bathroom. Yes. Are they
1: the remaining five? Are they all in a group together? Now there's a couple maybe talking to each other, one next to you, another one down maybe in the corner of the bar. Is there one alone
0: that looks like he may be under the influence? All of them look like they're under the influence.
1: Uh, There's one guy sitting next to you that's kind of by himself. He's sitting on a stool, and you see him just kind of slowly going forward and slowly going backward. Almost like rocking. All
0: right. Hmm... I'm going to strike up a conversation with this gentleman. All right. I'm going to tell him I'm going to say.
1: I haven't had any in days. And he kind of turns his head sideways, kind of looking at you uh, side-eyed, as they say. I want to try to deceive him with my
0: deception ability. Um. I really need to score. This isn't doing it. And as I grab my glass, like I kind of fake shake my hand. Like I'm really jonesing for a hit.
1: All right. Give me a test. Uh, difficulty two. Oh, yeah.
0: Here we go. All right. So I have two exalted, one being my wrath die. So that's one glory. Will you keep care- you know, that's the one unfortunate thing with the uh, with the character sheet. Like, they give you the box for wrath points. They don't give you a box for glory. So we're going to do kind of a
1: slash. Yeah, this was... Uh, you can get tokens, which I'm going to get.
0: Yeah, that, w- that would definitely help uh, keep track.
1: Um, so I
0: pass. Like I said, I have four. I have two exalted, so four uh, total icons. One being an exalted on my wrath die.
1: Okay. So... He kind of smiles. Oh, man. We meet at the right time. Ooh. My boy is in the bathroom right now, but if we hurry up, we could probably get a little bit. Just a little bit. Come on. And he kind of slams his glass down, spills shit, and he kind of grabs you by the sleeve, not really trying to pull you more than stable himself as right. he starts walking toward the bathroom. Okay. On my way to the bathroom.
0: Is there another way out of this place or is the entrance that we... That there we came may about? there may be something behind the bar, but you have no idea. But nothing down the whole way to the bathroom? No. Okay. Okay. I'm following him towards the bathroom. Because I don't know 100% if he's talking about Calvin. There might be somebody else in the bathroom who's dealing.
1: Uh, I'm going to assume we deposited your rifle in your flat before coming here or... No, that son of a bitch is under my fucking...
0: What kind of... Here, let's... I'll I'll let the environment dictate where my weapon is.
1: Okay. What's the weather like? It's always mild-temperatured but muggy. Okay. Then it's in my flat. Okay. I would assume you have your knife on it. Uh, My knife, I definitely have on.
0: Yeah, if it was if it was cool out, then I would say he wears he wears almost like a uh like the equivalent of a duster. Yeah. Um you know, like a long kind of robe duster looking thing. Okay. Um but again, if it's muggy out, obviously that's not something that he's going to be wearing. But for his own personal protection, he will have his knife on him. Sure. So, uh are we going into the bathroom? I'm I'm following this guy. I want to see where he's going to uh, where he's going to lead me.
1: All right, so uh, you go to the, the restroom, and he pushes the door open, kind of stumbles his way in like he opens the door shoulder first. Calvin!
0: Oh, you son of a bitch. We got one more,
1: buddy. Calvin, kind of standing at the urinal, turns around. You can't help but notice that his pants are completely closed. Uh, just turns around and sees you. Oh, Bannon, you decided to join us. Yeah, man, I told you he needs some real bad. He's shaking. And Bannon kind of looks at you a little quizzically. Calvin. Uh, I'm sorry. Calvin right. looks at Bannon kind of quizzically. I thought you hated this stuff. I thought you, you just hated all of it.
0: It's only the two of us in the bathroom? Uh, three of you. Oh, I'm sorry. Me and the two other gentlemen. Calvin, the junkie and right. yourself. Okay. No. Oh, how do I we- this So I'm sure Calvin has no allegiance to this guy that just led me into the bathroom. But like you said, when he went into the bathroom first, so he's standing in front of me.
1: I yeah, kind of like diagonal
0: in front of you. Bannon will say is right-handed. So Bannon is going to reach out with his left hand. And he's going to grab the, uh, the guy that led me into the bathroom by the hair on his head.
1: So you're just going to grab him by the hair? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. And I'm going to pull my knife out.
1: Okay. And I put it to
0: his throat. Uh, I have... I want to try to intimidate Calvin for some information on the drug. All right. So I'm grabbing this gentleman with my left hand on the top of his head. So I'm just going to try to get as big a handful of hair as I could possibly get.
1: Give me... Does he have hair? Because yeah, of okay, we'll go with so the hair. Okay. Go with a, give me an agility test with a difficulty of 1 to see how fast, if you're able to agility. grab his hair. What's my agility 3? I mean, you're behind him, so I'd imagine it's not too hard. But. Right, right.
0: So I have an icon and an exalted.
1: Okay. But so I could shift
0: one into my hair grabbing. Yes.
1: Uh, so you grab him by the hair, and while you do it, you, you grab him with such ferocity that he loses his balance, and now the only thing holding him up is you with a handful of hair, and he's so fucked up that he can't like figure out how to get his feet under him, and now he's just grimacing in pain as you're holding him, uh, displaying my knife Okay. to his throat. Calvin, whoa, man, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? You're
0: dealing, wizard.
1: You don't... Uh, 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 As I, he I'm,
0: stumbles, I take this guy's face and I fucking smash it against the wall. <laughs> I love this game.
1: The drug, the druggy kind of goes limp, and you hear him... And he's spitting blood, and a couple of teeth fall out, and there's now a crack in the porcelain tiles uh, where his face had been introduced um, oh, well, what, do you, what do you want man I don't want any trouble we're buds we're not buds you're dealing wizard I, I mean I, I, I wouldn't say I'm dealing just if a friend wants some I'll hook him up you know you don't gotta harsh the mellow <laughs> <laughs> oh man
0: you don't... <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me drink. Hold on. <laughs> Where are you getting your wizard from?
1: You know, I, I come across it here or there. I and take
0: this guy, smash him into the fucking wall again.
1: Oh, God. And he's... Spitting more blood, and now he's now he's not even like before. His hands were kind of wrapped around your wrist, trying to break free. Now he's just hanging there. Uh, I pull uh, my timer out of my pocket. It,
0: okay, and I put it down on the sink. All right. Um, so now the sands of Mars are now trickling through this timer. Uh,
1: intimidation.
0: Yes. Uh, difficulty one. So. <laughs> So I have three icons, but a complication of my wrath.
1: What do you think the complication is?
0: Um, part of me wants to accidentally kill this guy. I get so intense in trying to intimidate Calvin that the blade that I had up to his neck, I start yelling at Calvin so much that I didn't realize that I actually drove it into this guy's throat.
1: Okay. So Calvin puts his hands up, he sees your timer counting down and you just scream at him where did you get it? And as you scream, you inadvertently push your right hand forward as your left hand comes back and you end up driving this knife right into the throat, so deep in fact that it actually goes in the left front of his throat and the tip of the blade comes out the back right of his neck. Mm. And Calvin sees this. You seem completely unaware, and Calvin takes two canisters of wizard and throws it at your feet, and says, "Listen, I, I just got it from some guy down the way. I, I don't know his name. I just go to him and 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 and, and I give him you know some credit, uh, and and he he hooks me up. I, we don't we don't ask names. He's a drug dealer. I I I I, I think Billy's dead." I, I look down I look down at Billy
0: and I see I see what I've done. Um you, you, you're gonna let me leave, right? With my feeble strength, I try opposite where the spine is, so I'm guessing towards his front, I try to take my blade and just push it straight through his neck to get my blade out. So I don't just pull it out of the hole that I just created with the knife. I try to drive it straight through this guy.
1: All right, uh, give me a strength difficulty four. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah I can't even.
1: Oh, no, I can't. Technically, I can. I need two sixes. Oh, shit. No, nah, I fail. That All blade
0: right. is not coming out.
1: Uh, well, it comes out, but you start wiggling it back and forth, and there's just geysers of blood spraying across the bathroom floor, and you can hear the druggie kind of gurgling, blood coming out of his mouth
0: and the whole time while that's happening I'm 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 telling Calvin I'm like give me
1: give me the address and it's it's important to note that the druggie is dead the gurgling is from you fucking with his voice box as you're ripping this thing out of his throat eventually you get the knife free he falls to the ground and uh, Calvin grabs a piece of tissue paper and an auto quill and uh, just quickly scratches down an address that you're familiar with near some of the uh, manufactorum District. You're going to let me leave, right? I mean, we, we've been working together for years. Yeah, we, we're friends. I, I might not ask you to come hang out anymore, but but listen, I, I swear I won't say anything to anybody. You were, you, you were never here. Hmm. Calvin takes one step toward the door. Yeah, he's not leaving. Yeah, I'm going to try to stab
0: him before he can call out for help.
1: Give me... Give me an initiative test. Initiative test. Difficulty
0: two. My initiative is a three. One icon. And the complication, man. Let me switch this fucking die.
1: <laughs> that wrath no. dice. Is oh not man, being. it's gonna burn me. You can you have two wrath points. You can use one of them to re-roll those failures if you'd like. No, let's make it fun.
0: We're, we're gonna we're gonna save those. I have a feeling that heavier things might be coming up.
1: All right, what's the complication? Um. Well, since I failed in time... Well, what was the initiative test for? Just to see if you could get the drop on him to stab him before he could get out the door.
0: Okay, I would say not only does he get out the door, but he's able to alert everybody else in the bar before I can get to him. And now I'm kind of in a pinch because I'm stuck in a fucking bathroom and I have to go through five guys in order to get out of here. I kind of fucked myself.
1: Okay, so he uh, he kind of burst past you... Um, you go to grab him. His jacket maybe was just over his shoulders rather than actually wearing it, and it came off in your hand. And he bursts through the door and he starts screaming for help. There's a maniac in the bathroom. Uh, he already murdered one of the guys in the bar. The other people in the bar are so high mm. that they could care less that this is even happening. The bartender kind of looks up. His eyes kind of his, his eyebrows kind of peek up a little bit. Uh, shut up. Douglas, you drunk. Calvin's last name. Right, right, right. No, no, he's in the bar. You can hear this argument going back and forth. So the bartender doesn't necessarily even buy that this is happening. Now he's engaged in an argument with Calvin.
0: Okay. While this is going on, I grab my timer. I put it in my pocket. Okay. I bend down, and I grab the teeth that this guy spit out of his head. I put
1: those in my pocket. All right. Inventory, two teeth. Two teeth. Two molars.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Bannon walks over to the sink. He just washes the... uh, Since I hear the bartender kind of blowing this guy off, blowing Calvin off, I just, I wash the blood off of my hand and the knife quickly. And I put the knife away and I'll step out of the bathroom.
1: And are you gonna do like the walk casual as you exit the bar? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna see if I can leave. Give me give me a fellowship test. The difficulty of three. Oh yeah.
0: Only an exalted.
1: Okay. So as you're walking out, I, I picture you like, okay, have a good night, everybody. A little a little half wave to the group as you're walking out. And you notice the bartender realizes, oh, there was another guy in there. The bartender doesn't say anything to you, but you see now he puts uh, his rag and his glass down that he was cleaning. And he starts making his way to the bathroom. By the time you get to the door to leave is about the same time he gets to the door to the bathroom. So I go to the door. Is the door open or closed? As in
0: like locked or? No, no, no. It's like when you walk into this place, do you have to open up the door yeah, to yeah, enter? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I lock it. While you're still inside. While I'm still inside. Oh, okay. And since he went, I'm going to jump over the bar. I'm going to see if he has any guns behind the bar.
1: he has an auto pistol it's uh damage seven plus one extra zero AP 20 meters range two salvo and no keywords what do they fire like when an auto
0: pistol when when you send a round downrange from an auto pistol is it like a handgun yeah So, it it makes a loud fucking... So, like, shooting that thing indoors would be deafening. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just going to put it in my waistband, and I'm going to jump back over.
1: Where's Calvin? And what's he doing? Calvin ran up to the bartender, screaming that this was happening. You come walking out. Like, did he follow him back to the bathroom? No. Okay. So, he's kind of standing in between the bar... The bar itself, the, the, the top of the, the, the actual bar where you sit to drink, the bathroom is kind of in the back of the room, and the door is opposite the bar on like the right side of the room. So Calvin is standing, if you were to draw an invisible triangle, kind of like right in the center, in between the bar, the door, and the bathroom, <clears throat> with his hands out like, see, see, and now the bartender comes running back, yelling for you to stop. Uh, the other patrons, the other four patrons that remain, could care less that any of this is going on. They don't know what the fuck is happening. Nah, they're, they're on another planet. Good.
0: How do the local authorities handle things? Like, is it done, like, are there, like, precincts? Like Enforcers?
1: Local- yeah, they're regular, like, standard law. Well, not so standard, I mean. Right. You know. Anything can be explained away, or paid away. <clears throat> Being behind the bar, do I see a uh, a secondary way out of here? There's a door behind you that you can check, uh, but that would take you out of the main room to see what's in the back. Oh, man.
0: I, uh... Yeah, i point the auto pistol at the bartender.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, the bartender kind of runs, and he sees. As soon as he comes around the corner from the bathroom door, you're pointing the gun right at him, and he kind of skids to a stop with his hands up.
0: You allow this to take place in your bar? What's in this door behind me? Stockroom. What's in there?
1: It's where I keep all my stills for the for the for the drinks and uh, you know cocktail food.
0: <clears throat> okay. What do you take as a cut for allowing these guys to deal drugs in your bar? And I start, as I said, in order to intimidate him, I start taking the drinks and I start dropping them one by one off of the
1: bar. Uh, 80s movie style. Yeah, yeah. Where's Bobby Lupo? <laughs> I don't take a cut of anything. Look, you know, there's a two-drink minimum for these guys. All right? They're the only vagrants that come in here these days. I make my money. They do whatever it is that they do. I have nothing to do with any of this.
0: I kind of open up my eyes real wide and I just mention the name Slugbelly. Who in here knows where I can find Slugbelly? And I point my gun or his gun that I currently have in my possession at Calvin.
1: Calvin looks genuinely confused. He he has no idea what you're talking about. Um, the bartender, same thing. He, he doesn't seem to know Anything and the other patrons are no so longer with it. us, yeah. Okay, I shoot the bartender.
0: <laughs> this game is awesome.
1: All right, um, I gave you the weapon stats, right? Uh, yes, I have. all right. We'll say the bartender has a defense of one, and I'm gonna aim since I don't have to move. A defensive one? Yeah, he's just wearing clothes.
0: All right, so I have two icons and one exalted. I got a three on my wrath, so I'm going to push one into extra damage.
1: All right, we'll say his resilience is also one. Oh, he's dead then.
0: (laughs) He's dead. So I, I, I shoot that guy. I shoot him square in the chest.
1: Uh, So the shot rings out in the bar. That that actually brings the the other patrons back to reality because they just heard something extraordinarily loud. And the bullet rips into the bartender's chest, tearing through the sternum and exits out his back. And he's gasping because you punctured his lung. So now his left lung is filling with blood. And he just falls to the floor, gasping and gurgling. Calvin is shaking Oh my God! And he falls through his, onto the ground on his knees, and is just now he's crying and he's shaking like a leaf. Uh, the other patrons, while now they're they're kind of like snapped back to reality, don't really seem to care all that much. Uh, in fact, one of them gets up and starts making his way toward the bathroom. I like that guy. <laughs> all right, so I, I jump over the bar.
0: And, uh, yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I have to kill everybody in the bar. So Calvin's next. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, what the? All right, here's what we'll do. Yes. Um, give me your ballistic skill plus agility. Um, just a flat test against a difficulty of Three take out everybody in the bar
0: so i have five icons but one i have a complication on my rat die okay um
1: so you do take out everybody in the bar one by one you fire a shot uh pieces of them are blowing apart they're not equipped for battle Uh, There's blood smeared all over the walls, all over the floor. One guy takes a shot in the jaw and actually dislocates a piece of his jaw. It's kind of hanging from the other hinge of his jaw. And the grisly parts of his throat are pouring onto the floor. Uh, Everyone in this bar is dead. But the complication would be... I almost want to say maybe a local patrol who was
0: driving down the street. Here's a commotion in the bar. Either that or there's, I don't know, maybe somebody else in that stock room that I wasn't aware of. Or there's somebody in the women's room. It's the 41st millennium. There is no women's
1: room. There's just a bathroom. Oh, okay. Good, good. Unisex. (laughs) I like it. How about this? Mm -hmm. At that moment is when you realize uh, you're surveying the carnage of this room. All of these druggies... Are no longer with us, um. But it's then that you realize there is a picked recorder up in the corner of the bar. Oh shit.
0: <laughs> I like that. I that.
1: Now, how do those work? Do they tie back to like a central system within? The- Maybe.
0: Okay. I'm so, gonna.
1: We can either get the fuck out of Dodge or we can investigate this bar and see if we can find...
0: I'm going to have to investigate the bar.
1: <clears throat> Just a, a brief... I'm, I'm going to go
0: back into that room if I don't observe anything behind the bar. So Bannon will open up the, the door to what that bartender claimed was a stock room.
1: And it is. Okay. Uh, it, it is a regular stock room. But you do notice um, a cogitator against the wall with uh, several pick casters showing the bar. There's also a rune board below it uh, where you can type in username and password.
0: Yeah, it's not going to get me far with that guy dead with a hole in his chest. Now, my Bannon's knowledge of a security system of something like this, would he know that the whatever recordings are on that camera are stored in that system or are they being, like, uploaded someplace else? Would he know?
1: Normally, it just goes to that. If, if like, if you're talking about a small store or a small establishment, it usually just, if it records at all, goes into that database. It's stored in, like, a hard a drive local, Yeah. How big is this uh, cogitator? About the size, uh, like, maybe... There's two screens. Um one from each angle of the bar, which now shows several dead bodies. There's one that points towards the front door, and then there's one on the outside that points to the stairwell leading down into the bar. Okay. Uh, so it's probably two monitors wide, so you figure maybe a meter wide. Um, and the, the Rune board itself is like the size of a standard computer board, computer keyboard. Is it fastened to anything, or it's uh, like I could pick it up? Yeah, it's on a desk. All right. So I'm going to grab it. Uh, when you pick it up, one of the monitors kind of falls to the side, falls to the ground and cracks. You pick up the whole unit, right? O- wherever I,
0: wherever Bannon would believe the hard drive is. Oh, just that. Yeah, I just okay. want to pick up whatever I feel mm-hmm. is where the, uh, the recording is going to be.
1: Uh, do you have a tech skill at all?
0: Uh, I don't have anything in that, so my intellect is a two, so it would just
1: be a two. All right, give me an intellect test with a difficulty of two.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> so I have one, one icon and a complication.
1: God damn. All right, so uh, the complication for this instance will be easy. You're not exactly sure what to grab. You're just going to grab something. So we will do this. On an even... Mm-hmm. You will grab the correct item on an odd you will not. Alright, so you grab something from the, the case that you believe to be where the the picked footage is being stored. Excuse me. It's by I'm the listening. door. It's by the door. All the way. There.
0: there we go, we got it. Thank you, makers mark.
1: Uh so you grab this item. Okay. from the cogitator and you detach some wires and some interfaces and it's big enough that it feels hefty but it's still small enough that it could fit in your pocket.
0: Alright, I grabbed that. Part of me wants to go around and obtain teeth from everybody in here as a trophy. I feel like I don't have time for that. Um, I'm going to grab whatever I can behind the bar that looks flammable. And I'm going to set this bar on fire. All right. Starting in the stock room.
1: Uh, yeah, that's easy enough. This whiskey is very high high proof. Mm. So, uh, yeah, without much trouble, you start a fire in the stock room. And uh, away we go. Yeah, I leave the bar. What a crazy first encounter. <laughs> uh, as you walk out... Uh, and get maybe a a few hundred meters away Uh, the smoke starts billowing out from that hallway that you walk down and you can hear glass shattering and creaks and cracks and sure enough after a certain amount of time the whole thing goes up in flames okay the question is oh man (laughs) did
0: I grab the right point right Uh, we'll find out soon enough uh man, okay, well, in my mind, I feel like I did, and if I didn't, I feel as though the fire is going to destroy whatever uh evidence was left behind I'm preying on the fact that the local fire department, whatever they would be called um in these parts take their sweet ass time going, yeah, nobody really cares, yeah, because I picture this like 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 nineteen eighties New York City where shit happens right. and like there's so much shit going on like, that like, like Brooklyn and
1: Deathwish. Yeah,
0: they get yeah. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They get there when they get there. So my, my my hope is that by the time they get there, that place is fucking torched. But I'm not sticking around to see I'm not gonna be like one of those guys who wants to like hang around and see what the police uncover. I leave.
1: Right. All right. Um now what do we want to do from here? We can either go find this drug dealer uh, that Calvin turned you onto, or we can start looking for Slug Belly.
0: No, I'm going right for the drug dealer that Calvin turned me onto.
1: Okay. I'm going to work my way up. So, after a, a couple of rides on some trains and some walking a few blocks this way and that way, you end up getting to this location that Calvin turned you onto. And sure enough, there is a man uh, dressed very suspiciously. Uh, like the trench coat where he opens it up and it's full of watches. Yes. You know, yes. one of those guys with a with a with a derby on his head. And he's standing on the corner smoking a low stick. Kind of pacing back and forth. Uh if you were to watch him for any length of time, you would see maybe every once in a while some clear as day junkie would make their way up to him. Uh they'd speak for a few moments and you would see a little uh a little credit wand in one hand and a little baggie of something else in another hand with a handshake and the items exchanged during the handshake, and the the junkie would walk away on their merry business.
0: Would bannon recognize this guy as the gentleman that Calvin had mentioned, or I'm just observing somebody on a street corner
1: a little of both you know it's not too far of a leap to be like okay this is this is the guy. Um, Calvin's description was, oh, you know, it's a guy with red hair, right? Um, so he vaguely fits the description yeah. that Calvin gave me.
0: All right, I'm gonna observe. I'm not going right up to this guy. Um, I think Bannon's gonna find like a uh, like a bench or, you know, someplace in a distance that he's able to to keep an eye on this guy and uh, just observe him for a while. And wait until he decides to start making his way from this corner. And then I'm going to follow him.
1: Alright, so the guy stands there for what seems like forever. A couple hours, maybe. Yeah, of course, because I just killed seven people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Uh, And eventually, yes, the guy does start making his way down a dark alley. How many sales do I think
0: uh... (gasps) excuse me Bannon observed before he
1: uh, he heads off three that you're sure about and two more that you're not 100% sure Uh, either there was no handshake or uh, it was too quick or too long whatever right okay
0: so he starts making his way down this alley yeah Bannon
1: follows him give me a stealth test
0: Uh, my worst fucking skill
1: Next to strength. Well, next to strength. Good point. Uh, Difficulty of two. I do not pass. One icon. All right. So as you're walking, uh, eventually the the guy stops. And without turning around, just, can I help you? Maybe we can help each other. How far away am I from him? Five, ten meters, I would say. I
0: pull out this auto pistol. There's, there's nobody else in this alley?
1: No. Okay. Is it nighttime? I would say it's late afternoon, early evening. So it's starting to get
0: dark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I pull on my
1: auto pistol. Uh, he doesn't notice. He turns around. And when he turns around is when he notices that there's a gun pointed at him. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's the problem?
0: The problem is you're dealing wizard on the corner.
1: What? <laughs> me? No. I've raised the gun up. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, I may provide a service for the people here, but um, I, I wouldn't say I deal wizard. I have all kinds of stims. Well, let's talk about the wizard.
0: Is there anything next to me? Like any crates or garbage cans. I would
1: say, yeah, garbage cans, boxes,
0: a typical alley. I love this timer. I pull the timer out of my pocket. (laughs) This is going to be my fucking, my favorite tool. I take it and I I put it down. And I would think at this point from like where I picked it up in the bathroom, like it's not completely exhausted on one side. So it's kind of half and half. Right. So I just put it down. Whichever side looked like it had the... uh, the heavier amount of sand is facing up is, is on the top. Okay, correct. So that, that's, that that's like, fair. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll give this, <laughs> <laughs> this guy a break. You're going to tell me where you score your wizard from.
1: Give me an intimidation test. Difficulty two.
0: Now this is what I'm talking about. So I have one icon is there a max to how much uh, glory
1: you could pick up? I think they cap for it, right? you because you're by yourself six really six six or twice the amount of people playing whichever's higher okay ah oh, cool all
0: right so I have uh, one icon three exalted one being on my wrath die
1: all right so we have another point of glory and you can shift. One. Shit, what the fuck? Uh, I'm sorry, you said it was a difficulty of two? Yeah. So I can shift two. You can shift two. Okay. Uh, the the guy notices this sand timer and notices the weapon and also notices that it still has plenty of ammunition in it. Hmm. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh... Yeah, I, I I've been dealing wizard lately. Uh, it's it's been a huge money maker for me. Normally, I just use you know washed up combat stims that are outdated, but this stuff has come along and and you know I, I I've I've been selling a lot of it. What what do, what do you want to know? Please don't kill me.
0: I want to know where you're getting it from.
1: Uh, this guy named Wilmar. spayburn having a hell of a time guys a real son of a bitch in the garbage planet <laughs> what a what a fucking difference between <laughs> bannon and harrison, harrison. Yeah, yeah yeah uh <clears throat> all right so i think it's time to get into the topic uh the basic rules breakdown yes because of course it's warhammer everything's got to be more complicated yeah why not but what we learned because we kind of learned on the fly making uh Making this episode mm-hmm. or the, the 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 gameplay episode, it's only complicated when you read it. When you start actually throwing the dice and playing the game, everything kind of comes together. Yeah, I, I totally agree.
0: I also think the way the the rule book is written, it's a little convoluted. They, they put a lot of information up front, like a general overview of what's supposed to happen, but they almost put it out there like it's this is it. This is, we're going over it right now. Without you understanding that as you continue to read in the chapter, they really break it down. Right. So I think the rule book can be a little overwhelming. And again, this is coming from two people who have not touched role-playing games in, in you know, a couple of decades. So I don't know if you take a look at other role-playing games out there, if they have their rule book structured the same way. But I could tell you this compared to reading the player's handbook of D, they're like polar opposites right you know i do like the fact that they're selling this as one book by itself and you don't have to buy five books in order to to be able to role play
1: yeah or to I, play I, the campaign at first blush looking at the book i think they do need to release a separate version of their monster manual uh because it is pretty lacking what they give you um it, it, it's it's substantial for what it is. It's enough to get us going, but at some point I would like to get another book of just monsters, um, at least until I've played enough to where I feel confident building my own characters right. or, or own villains. Right. Uh, because there are a lot of stats going on and all of them come into play at some point. So if if I'm not comfortable enough with the game to balance it myself, we're either going to have pushover nemesises, nemesi, nemesi, or uh, steamrollers, and that's not going to be fun for anybody, right? My hope is that,
0: and and I want to say that I read that this is exactly how they were going to handle it. But my hope is that they're gonna they're gonna push things out similar to what they do in the tabletop game, where they introduce like these codexes, and so you're going to get like a tau codex or a tyrannid codex. Right. And then you're you're going to be able to take your adventure and you're going to be able to run them to a campaign where they encounter uh you know these alien races and and go from there.
1: Uh at its base form it is D D with a different coat of paint on it and a different dice system. And when I say that what I mean is there are no rules as far as how you make your adventure. Um, the the Warhammer lore can be very off putting if you don't know what you're getting into. Uh, if you listen to the gameplay, you'll hear we're talking about low sticks and maglev trains and hab stacks. And th- these are just flare words that I pulled from the actual glossary of, of the 41st millennium, just to make it a little more immersive uh, for Warhammer buffs out there that might be listening. But at its fundamental core, you have heroes who are a- completing objectives and rolling dice to complete those objectives. And the dice is really where the differences start. You're not using a d20, a d12, a d10. You're using pools of six-sided dice. Uh, and you generate those pools based on your stats. So in D&D, uh, a hero might um, try to sweet-talk his way past a guard. And you at that point, you might do a performance check Or you might do a charisma check. In Warhammer, what you're doing is a test. And it's important. I'm a very big stickler on separating these terms. Because these terms mean different things. And you don't want to confuse yourself. There's no ability check in Warhammer. It's a test. And that test is a series of six-sided dice. And one of them is the Wrath dice. And I think the best place to start is the Wrath dice. That's the biggest difference between regular tabletop role-playing games and Wrath and Glory. So you roll pools of six-sided dice. One of those dice always, unless it's not a test. Other than that, it's always a a different kind of six-sided dice. In Warhammer, a four, a five, and a six counts as a pass or an icon. Three, two, and one is a failure. Now, when it comes to the wrath dice, if you get a six, you gain a point of wrath that you can use for various things later in the game. If you roll a one, it's complication. Complication, the player and the GM come together to figure out what that complication is going to be. So let's use the same example. Uh Mr. Spayburn tries to sweet talk his way past a cop. And he's going to roll a pool of six dice for his persuasion test. Now, as the GM, I've decided that this, this cop is fairly lackadaisical. So his difficulty is going to be a two. So he needs at least two passes in order to defeat this cop as far as this this verbal exchange goes and again four five or six is a pass so let's just say that he's got with his attributes a five total dice rolls and he needs to get two passes so if we look at what i just rolled i rolled a one a three a four a six and a two so the four five and six are passes the ones and twos are failures, so he passes that test. It's a little more complicated, but once you look at your character sheet and you see what numbers you're adding together, once you actually start throwing dice on the table, it goes a little faster.
0: Right. And when you're building your character, it's very important to understand that, like, you're you're starting with a certain amount of of build points. So for like a, a tier one, level one, so to speak, character is going to start with a, a hundred. Build points, and what you're going to do is you're not only going to buy your your attributes that you would find in other role playing games, but you're also going to be able to uh, to purchase your skills. So your skills aren't going to come with like a class that you take. Um, now some classes have a prerequisite, like you have to have a certain skill level in order to become that type of uh, of character. Um, so again you're going to spend these build points and you're going to buy things so in this example like persuasion, persuasion is a skill that you can purchase and in order to make a test you're going to have this linked attribute associated with the skill so for persuasion it's fellowship and it's pretty cool what this game does because even if you even if you're going to use a skill a particular skill that every character has um, even if you're not going to spend any build points in it you still have the ability to to generate dice roll for it because you're going to have a linked attribute associated with every single skill. So like, like Bannon, for example, in, in a persuasion check, I put no points in persuasion, so he has a zero persuasion, but it's associated with your fellowship attribute as your linked attribute, so I have a three. So Bannon would get three die. So if I'm going to roll three dice, if I'm going to roll for a persuasion test, I'm going to roll two regular die, And I'm gonna roll a wrath die. Each four and five counts as an icon. Each six counts as an exalted icon. And then again, like Brian was mentioning, like when you take a look at that wrath die, you're either if you roll a one, it's a complication. If you roll a six, it's you know there are certain things that are going to end up happening with that. It's almost like a like a critical hit in D and D.
1: Right. Uh, Except that that critical, you bank it and you use it at your leisure. Right. So when you roll a six, you gain a glory point. Uh, and glory can be used. Each person can accumulate glory, but it goes into a full pool for the entire party to use at their discretion. Uh, so even though Chris may gain a point of glory, I can use that point of glory later in the game if need be.
0: Yeah, and, and you end up accumulating over the course of a, of a role-playing session. As a player, you're going to get either wrath or glory. and. Again, like Brian was mentioning, like glory can be spent on a few different things. Like you can add, uh, you can add dice to a test after any rerolls, or you can add a, a point of damage to a hit, or you can seize the initiative, which is kind of cool. So when you're in this encounter with with a group of, of enemies, you can actually you can actually push your turn ahead because initiative in this game doesn't work the same as initiative in uh, in D anD. d And then wrath has its own special things that you can do so you, like you can reroll failures um, you can restore shock there, there's different things that you can do with uh, with wrath
1: so let's get into the uh, the attributes so you have strength strength is basic how strong you are that's that's self-explanatory agility is the same as dexterity for uh, to keep it simple. Toughness is very similar to constitution. Intellect is very similar to intelligence. Willpower is similar to wisdom. Fellowship is similar to charisma. And then you have initiative, which is the same initiative. For combat traits, you have defense, resilience, soak, speed, shock, and wounds. Now, unlike d and I would say, Warhammer really focuses on the combat. Now, D&D can focus on the combat, but it's not uncommon to have an entire campaign of espionage. It's not uncommon in D&D to have an entire campaign of wheeling and dealing. Uh, Warhammer, while those things do exist, hence why you have uh, fellowship and you have persuasion and investigation, intimidation, you do have these things in Warhammer, they really bulk up with the fighting. The fighting is where the meat and potatoes are in Warhammer. Uh, So let's talk about combat real quick. Uh, There are melee attacks, swords, chain swords, things like that. Can I just interrupt really quick?
0: The, The one cool thing that they do, in my opinion, with this game is, you know, you were mentioning these combat traits. Like combat traits... The way that you set these up, it's it's built on your attributes, so it's very important to understand like where you're going to spend build points, um, in determining what attributes you're gonna you're gonna focus your uh, your build points on, because obviously you have a finite amount of build points, which you're going to be spent again on attributes and skills and, and gear and shit like that. Um, so you have to take into account, and there's a nice little chart in the book that breaks down all the different combat traits and how you um, you arrive at the rating that you end up achieving uh, for each trait under your combat trait uh, tab on your character sheet. So you have to pay attention. So like, uh, you know, if you want to be a high resilience character, you know, you have to focus on the particular attributes that are going to boost your resilience and things like that. Some things are static. So like speed as a human, you know, you're going to have a standard speed of six and as you work your way up, you'll see like each Character race, so to speak, if you want to equate it to D anD D, is going to give you a predetermined uh, speed um, prerequisites that you need for that particular class that you're going to build. Um, So, for our campaign, for example, Bannon is an inquisitorial.
1: Is a what? Fuck, man! Uh, Difficulty. Oh, uh, as with all Uh, yes things in Dyson Pipes. When somebody flubs a line... They have somebody. To, you mean me. You mean me. Yes. yes. They have to roll uh, to see if they have to take an extra drink. So in D&D, it's a uh, drink save with a D20. But since we're in the 41st millennium right now, don't take your drink yet. You might have to take two. I'll take two. I don't care. Okay. Take two. Uh, in the 41st millennium, it is a drink test. Yes. So we've decided that our drink test dice pool will be five dice. One of them is a Wrath dice. And the difficulty number is three. So he needs three icons to pass this test. And I guess we'll work out right now what happens if you're going to start shifting shit. And-, and
0: and here's the other important thing that we didn't discuss. What if I fail, but I get a six on my
1: Wrath die? Well, then you bank a glory point that you can use later. <laughs> no, don't we both drink? Oh, we're gonna go combat rules? Well, I would think an exalted
0: icon, right? It's you're gonna drink or we're
1: Well, in a test, if you get a six on the Wrath Dice, you get a point of glory. Right. That you can use at a later time. Yeah, but but in combat, a six on the But we
0: should equate this almost it should be similar to D and D, right? Where if I rolled a twenty, you're fucking drinking, I'm not.
1: Yeah, but the thing is then we have to figure out what my defense and resilience is gonna be. (laughs) So I think we'll just do the glory point and you can spend that glory point to force me to drink at any point. I think that's that's. Oh,
0: that's that's fucking that's good. I yeah. like that. And what we say ad and a d nine a three. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a six, total icons.
1: Oh my gosh! I have three exalted icons. Uh, one being my rat die. All right, so now you can shift. Uh, one of those, so that means I have to drink since you're shifting, right? I think that's fair. Yes, and then you and can, I bank one. And you have a glory point for later in the episode.
0: And perfect. I'm going to keep track of that on my D20.
1: <sighs> this was a horrible idea. Yeah, Matt, you made the rule. <laughs> so, <laughs> you only have yourself to blame. Um, getting into how you're going to build your character, one of the big differences between this and D&D is in D&D you create a character... And the Dungeon Master sits down and creates probably a campaign uh, with the party. And the party goes on this adventure. Uh, Lots of mystery. The Dungeon Master really is the only one that knows what's going to happen when. In Warhammer, it's very much collaborative because the player characters can be a... uh, I'm just going to roll. You should roll. A tucked. They can be a tucked. A tucked.
0: I forget that this is uh, this is all audio. Like I think I I what do they call that side
1: eye? I he side eyed me. Oh, <laughs> I <boy>. see. You. <laughs> all right, so I got uh, I passed the test, uh, but I got a complication on my wrath dice. So what's my see? Com- I think if you, if
0: you fail the test but roll a complication, you should drink. Still, it doesn't matter. Yes. Okay. That's like an auto drink.
1: There you go. Back to back.
0: Um, I will say, not to interrupt, but I will say, in my opinion, maybe it's because this is a completely different system, but I had more fun. It took me 10 times longer to build a character, but I had more fun building this character than I've had building any D&D character. And this almost reminded me of building a character in like Shadowrun. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. You know? I just like that futuristic component, which is odd because I refuse to play the zombie side, like the original zombie side, where it's like modern times. But for some reason with this game, with like cybernetics and augmentations and shit like that, like I don't know what it is, but I'm totally fucking drawn to that.
1: I had, I was so immersed building this character. I think because modern day is modern day. It's not... There's nothing... There's less fantastical about it. Right. The 41st millennium or... RPG fantasy are two things that th- – there's no there's no frame of reference for that. Right. Uh, so you want to talk to your, your GM because the GM needs to be a little upfront with how this campaign is going to go because the player character can be uh, involved in just skirmishes with orcs or it could be – again, not that it's that popular, but a political intrigue that can alter how you're going to build the character – or you could be going up against the forces of chaos, and those are three completely different builds that you have to take into mind. Right. If you build a character that's battle heavy, with just guns and and las pistols, and it turns into you're fighting demons, your resolve and your conviction are going to be low, and you're going to be easily corrupted by the forces of chaos. And that you know, if you're not ready for that, there's no fun there. Mm. So you have to. You have to be open and honest about what kind of campaign we're about to get into. Um, In the case of Bannon, you know, he's going to be in a little bit of everything. So you had to have a more well-rounded character. And the fun part about building a character is when you're going to go well-rounded, something's going to suffer. So if we started doing a political intrigue, you're going to be in deep trouble. But as a good GM, you're not going to set your player up to fail. And speaking of failure, that's the other big thing with Warhammer is there isn't really any failing. It's They call it failing forward, which is why if you get uh, a one on your wrath dice and you get a complication, you're supposed to talk with the GM about what that complication is. It's not the GM just saying, oh, the building caves in on you and you're dead.
0: Right. Yeah, I like this back and forth between the player and, and the GM to determine what the outcome is, you know, whether it's whether it's, um, you know, a complication and you're going to figure out what, like, what shit happens. And as a result of that, how that's going to, you know, um, how that's going to affect your actions moving forward. Or if um, if you roll an exalted icon on your wrath die, and again, you're going to come up with this, like, neat little story of how, Uh, for example, let's say you're you're kicking through a door, and you know that there's three guys behind the door. You know, you might roll, uh, normal roll, and you're just going to kick open the door, and now combat starts. Where, if you roll a complication, you might go to kick open the door, not realizing that the door was fortified, alerting everybody inside the room. And again, that's something that you discuss back and forth with the GM. Or let's say you're rolling exalted, and now you're not only going to kick the door open, but you're going to fucking barrel roll your way through the, you know, through the door into this room,
1: and you know, you seize the initiative. Right. It's uh it's a completely different system. Uh, the book is horribly written. It is just straight up and down. It's horribly written. It contradicts itself a couple times. Um, but ironically, despite the fact that there's a, a metric shit ton of more rules, somehow it's simpler. Once you start playing, um, they had to come up with special rules for throwing grenades. They had to come up with special rules on sniping. They had to come up with special rules on taking aim. They had to come up with special rules on conditions and immunities. There's special rules for everything. But once you actually get into the shit, for some reason, it just it seems, it seems almost seems like it goes faster, which defies all logic. Because in D&D, nine times out of ten, you're rolling one dice. Right. To determine what's going to happen, and this you're just throwing fucking piles of dice, and spending a second to count, and then you know, uh, soaking and shock and all this other shit, which we're gonna get into more in depth in another episode. But just understand that if you buy yourself from Chessex a a box of dice, these little tiny twelve millimeter, I think. Yeah, I think twenty come in a pack. Yeah, d sixes, and then a special set. Like I just got regular bicycle. Uh, playing DICE, uh, you'll be all set to start fucking things up in the 41st millennium. Unfortunately, because the game is so new, uh, by the time this episode drops, I'm sure nothing will change. Um, but by the time episode uh, this episode drops, there probably won't be a whole lot of resources out there for Wrath and Glory, which is unfortunate because this game is... If you've ever wanted to run an evil campaign in D anD, d this is the way to go. And like a legit evil campaign, uh, pick up Wrath and Glory. Yeah, uh, this this play system will be featured on the podcast for as far as I think we can go with it. Um, I think we already decided, even if your character dies, we're rolling new characters. Oh fuck yeah! Um, and you know it's a little different because we're recording a podcast, but we're we're introducing multiple characters. It's a whole big thing that's going to go down. So, uh, any last words? Negative. Uh, let's see. Two To five o'clock.
0: May the sons of bitches and the Azores Islands...
1: be drinking heavily to Pyongyang in North Korea
0: Uh, Kim Jong Un disarm your nuclear weapons
1: to wrath points
0: I still have no idea how to use them
1: to you forgetting to make me drink with your glory
0: point Uh, I'm a fucking idiot and they don't carry over to the next session to dice and pipes